0: Cathead, a special.
1: Tell y'all a little history on this
0: song that I picked for tonight. This guy that wrote it lived between uh, 1740 and 1778, and the guy that wrote the music to it lived between 1784
1: and 1872. So this is a real old song. This old guy, the guy that wrote it, was a a preacher. By the way, and he was traveling through the countryside, I should say, and it came up on, a storm came up on him, and he uh, hid in the cleft of a rock, and it inspired him to write these words. So here we go. Cliff for me Let me hide myself in Thee Let the water and the blood From Thy wounded side which flow Be of sin, the double cure Save from wrath and make me pure Of my hands Can fulfill the law's commands Could my zeal no respite know Could my tears forever flow All for sin could not atone Thou must save and thou alone fleeting breath, when my eyes shall close in death, when I soar to worlds unknown, see thee on thy judgment throne, rock of ages, cliff for me, let me hide myself in thee.
0: Everybody head to the book of Luke 24. Luke 24. What to do when you are discouraged. What to do when you are discouraged. Now, to me, I like to uh, head things off at the path. Uh, If I, I have learned most... Of the times I have learned in my life I have learned From the mistakes And the experiences that I've been through And uh, I wish I could learn I've learned a lot though from watching other people's lives And I know you have too And when I'm discouraged uh, I see other people go through times of discouragement and I, but the thing is how do you know when you lay down and when your head hits the pillow at night and it's just you and God and you're listening to your spouse snore male or female and you know what i mean it's just you and the lord you're alone with your thoughts and And right then, you know right then where your relationship with God stands. Because your relationship with God is personal. There's times you're discouraged. There's times when you're, when you're not. I have before laid down my head and I'm thinking, God, if you were to come right now, I'm ready. I, I, a feeling I have Laid down before, and a feeling of contempt. I remember, and I, I can remember the times. I remember one time I was, uh, we were having revival services, and, and, uh, actually, I don't think we were having revival services. I think Holloman Chapel was having revival services, and Don McCormick was staying in our home. We had moved in, uh, and Holloman Chapel just not too far up the road. And Mike and them hadn't moved over from Louisiana to Texas yet, so they were all staying there. And I just remember, man, the fellowship, everything was awesome. Uh, Taylor was about two years old. I just felt a sense of, I mean, my life. Had, I was content. Uh, we were the church was doing great. First Baptist Church in Wells, Texas, was doing great. There was a, I had that feeling of contentment, just of peace. As God's word says, peace that passes all understanding. But there's times no matter whether in its ebbs and flows. Have you ever noticed your Christian life is a series of ups and downs? It's a series of ups and downs. And here you have a, a one of those series that's uh the resurrection has taken place, but this this couple of guys didn't know it. And of course, I'm gonna begin reading with verse thirteen. Luke 24, verse 13. And it says, "...and behold, two of them, two disciples, went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about threescore furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reason, Jesus Himself drew near and went with them but their eyes were holding that they should not know him let's stop right there so many times just like that old poem footprints in the sand remember the poem i had a dream and it said that during i noticed that there were two sets of footprints in the sand and but i looked back and Whenever I look back in my life and I saw it was at the lowest points, remember the poem, the lowest points of my life, there was only one set of footprints in the sand representing our walk with the Lord. And why would you leave me, Lord, during the lowest times? And he said, of course, in this dream, it was then that I carried you. So many times, and you and I can look back in our life in times of ups and downs and discouragements, and we, and the thing is, Jesus is there, that really if you compare that with scripture, that, that poem, Footprints in the Sand, is scriptural. Because a lot of times, the Lord can be right with us, right beside us, and we're not aware of it. The Lord can be right there all along. He's ready to help you, but you don't realize He's right there. Maybe you're distracted. These two guys were distracted. I get distracted. It's kind of a running joke with my ADD uh, abbreviation, Attention Deficit Disorder. Just you know, they didn't have labels for it back then. You just you just lose focus. <laughs> you don't focus enough. You got to focus and uh, easily distracted, easily sidetracked. You know, one day, uh, Karen asked me to, uh, you know, wash the dishes. So uh, do something, you know, and, and, uh, and I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm at the, uh, the dishes and I look back at my shop and I said, oh yeah, I was going to go get my staple gun out of there. I wanted to get my staple gun out of there. And then I remembered that I needed to do something else in the shop, ended up working all day in the shop and never got the dishes done. You know, so it's easily for me. It's no problem getting distracted. It's no problem at all getting my eyes off what was the main thing. What did I need to do, folks? Sometimes we do that. We forget what is the main thing. What's what's our focus? What's our job? And these guys were thinking about Jesus is dead. He's gone. This has all been a hoax. I believed in him. I trusted in him. But they're, they'd had all these questions in their mind. And so, oh, by the way, you know what I've often thought? Is this deceptive of Jesus? Is, was that deceptive of Him? Kind of shh, bailed their eyes. Why, why was it, why did He do that? He didn't have to do this. Why did He do that? Sometimes God doesn't give us the whole truth. We're not ready for it yet. Maybe He wants to build up. Maybe He wants to let you learn as you go. Maybe you say, well, have you ever, have you ever thought about this? God, why'd you let me learn that lesson the hard way? Did you know sometimes He lets you learn a lesson the hard way, you'll remember it. <laughs> you know, so He withheld their eyes, guess what? If He had just come up and say, hey guys, I'm alive, see ya. <laughs> you know, He'd just come by and say, oh yeah, let's hug, and they gave each other a hug. That'd been great, but folks, this one they never forgot. You know, it'd been great just to walk up and show the nail prints and his hands and his side and everything and said, Hey, I am alive. Boom. And he went on to see somebody else. But this was a pretty cool lesson. Sometimes God lets us learn things the hard way so we'll remember it. Let's move on. So verse 17, he said unto them, What manner Of communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad. What's going on? What is the news? And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering said unto him, art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem? In other words, where have you been? <laughs> Where have you been? Have you not known the things which are come to pass in these days? And he said unto, notice this. Now, then I think, number one, you know, this is the, uh, just kind of the critique in me because I always know what, well, if I was, uh, if you're ever dealing with a lost person, you know what I think? What would they ask? Because you and I have been raised in church all of our life. We know what we look at. What does the lost person see here? You know what he says? Jesus was he lying when he said what things? Because you know what he he did know he did know what the things were. But again, sometimes he's trying to. Have you ever known the answer but you asked your child anyway? Same thing. You knew the answer but you asked them anyway. Why? Are, why did you ask them? Because you're trying to get them to think. You're trying to get them to think. Instead of that's like these calculators today. Everybody in here, my age and up, y'all know how to do math in your head. <laughs> yeah, but now you can't, can you? I mean, just I think it's a, a all it is is practice. All it is is practice. How did you get that answer? You know, and you just boom, you did it in your head. And, uh, these young people can do it too, but they don't practice it. And what it is, is you know the answer, you can see the answer, and they're staring at that homework paper like it was kryptonite to Superman. And they're looking at it, and thing is, did he know the answer? Yeah, he knew the answer, but he's trying, again, he's trying to let them, when you're discouraged, don't give up. Sometimes God's going to let you wade through. He's going to, as we might say, wallow through the discouragement. Wallow. You think there will? I will never get to Friday. I will never get to Sunday. I will never get through this month. Or maybe you've even had a longer than you've had a discouraging year. How am I going to get through this time? What things? Well, I guarantee you. Don't forget God knows what things what the things are. Have you ever thought about that? God knows what things are going on in your life. We were talking about this morning about God knowing every little detail of our life, and uh, <laughs> we had a neat conversation in class. What things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed and word before God, and how the chief priest and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death, they're kind of running through here's the summary. And they crucified him, but notice their attitude, their thoughts in verse 21, but we trusted that it had been he which would have redeemed Israel. And beside all this today is, notice this. Have, have y'all ever wondered, whoa, 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 this is a neat story. Y'all remember the old debate, you know, Catholics believe Jesus died when? On a Friday. Okay. And that he rose again on a Sunday morning, or actually when they got there at daybreak. But why would they do that? Why would they say three days? I think he was in the Bible said, Jesus said, as Jonah was in the belly of a whale three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth, which means in the ground. He was in there three days and three nights. Guess what these disciples said? It's been three days, not three parts of a day. And so, that's just a side sermon. Anyway, so it's been now three days, the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished and were early at the sepulcher, but they said what? Verse 23, when they found not His body, they came running and they said, they'd seen a vision of angels and said they said He was alive. And certain of them, which were with us, went to the sepulcher we you know that was Peter and John, and found it even as the women said, but him they saw not. And he said unto them, O fools again, Jesus sometimes can just say it plain, O fools and slow of heart to believe, all that the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Well, then he gets us, he gets to preaching. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them all the scriptures, uh, the things concerning himself. And and when they drew nigh to the village, whether they went, he made as though he would have gone further. That's another one of those times, uh, I've been asked by, you know, a a doubter one time. They said, well, see, look right there. He's acting like he's going to go on further. But he knew that they would invite him anyway. I said, well, maybe <laughs> you ever heard of somebody just being polite? But he, man, what a sermon. You know, I see that verse in verse 27 where it says, you know, so they stood there on the side of the road. My granddad was a carpenter all his life. That's my mom's dad. And uh, they always said that, In uh, my granddad, I love to go with my granddad. And he had a backslidden time in his life. And he was always, uh, he. when my mom started going back to church, granny and granddad started going back to church. And he started teaching again and started sharing again. But everywhere he went, we were always waiting around on Fletcher Hall. Because the saying around Angelina County was he could carry on a talk. Which means he loved to visit, and he knew everybody in the world. And I you know what? I imagine Jesus could carry on a talk. I imagine, he, you know, what does it say? He he just said, "I'll start at Moses, and let's talk." So I bet you he could carry on the talk. And uh so he starts telling about all those scriptures and everything. Now, <clears throat> as this tells me, pisten to wind this up, listen, y'all have done great, okay, on a tired Sunday evening. So how do you get encouraged when you've been discouraged? I'm talking about encouragement. What happens whenever we're discouraged? How do we overcome it? Number one, be willing to slow down and listen to God. So they, they were going through, they had all these doubts. Nothing, hey, listen, there's nothing wrong with doubts. There's nothing wrong with questions. Ask them. God's not afraid of you. He's not afraid of a question. He's not afraid of your doubts. All you got to do is bring them to Him. Just bring them to Him. If you have doubts, if you have discouragements, there's nothing wrong with that. Bring them to Him. He'll answer the questions and He'll encourage your discouragement. Okay? And so, and so, oh, by the way, the thing that they heard that encouraged them, I think that set them up for this, was they heard the Word of God. Which means you can be encouraged by reading the Bible, going to church, or talking with a brother or sister in Christ that will actually point you in the right direction. And so that's what happened with them. So he's preaching. And so he says, okay, I'll go to eat with you. Verse 29. They constrained him, saying, abide with us because it's late. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass as he sat at meat with them, and, and he took bread and blessed it and break and gave to them. This was food, by the way, not the Lord's Supper. That they op- their eyes were opened and they knew him, and poof, he did a Star Trek routine. I'm a big Trekkie. I would go back to the days of William Shatner in the original Star Trek series. I just thought that was the neatest and the coolest thing in the world. Jesus did one of those things. Just, you know, I don't, it probably didn't have a sound effect or anything, but all, you know what? I just got enough gumption to believe the Bible. And the Bible says he vanished out of their sight. So I'll just take it for what it says. He vanished out of their sight. He was in a glorified body. But guess what? This is it. You know, they weren't worried. Where'd he go? That was crazy. That was... You know what they said? Notice what they said. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us, by the way, and while He opened to us the Scriptures, which tells me the Word of God, even whenever He vanished in that amazing experience, they didn't say, they weren't talking about, there's no way, we must have been dreaming, Uh, did, did we eat some bad food or something? They weren't thinking about that. Guess what they were thinking about? The Word of God was the most important thing on their mind right there. That's amazing to me. But you know what? I think, what what Word of God? What Word of God was amazing? I think it was a great reassurance that everything He said was true. Everything, and I want to assure you all tonight, I don't know if you're encouraged or discouraged. I don't know if you're up or down in life. I don't know what's going on in your life. But I'm here to reassure you tonight, everything Jesus said is true. Everything He said is true. And if you believe it, now we can say we believe it or we can act like we believe it. And that means living it. So what do you do when you're discouraged? Stop. Wait. Listen. Go. Take in the Word of God. Again, whether it's the preaching, whether it's uh, 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 just reading your Bible on your own, or whether it's going to a Christian brother or sister in Christ, one of your friends, and say, I need some encouragement. Pray with them lift them up in prayer these brothers needed it and Jesus did it in such a way that they never forgot it and they, their lives were changed forever as we prepare for him imitation it's easy to be discouraged matter of fact and y'all have heard me preach this before <clears throat> what is the number one number one weapon of the devil Discouragement. It's the number one weapon in your marriage against it. It's the number one thing that Satan reaches for when he wants to hurt a church. Discouragement. It's just stopping, waiting. He, oh, but whenever the, the devil runs for cover, the devil hates it. When Christians do this, but how many times we don't do it and or take it and use it and live it and consume it? Father, I thank you for this time together. I thank you for your Word. Help us to be encouraged, but not just a pat on the back but to really pray for one another, lift one another up, and really clinging to Your Word and what it says. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.